welcome to Cup of Cubby Blue. You're the Cubs side Eric Cosmer for hashtag reasons, home for Cubs news, updates, and banter. We're the official podcast of Bleed Cubby Blue, and you can find us wherever you get your podcasts by searching for Bleed Cubby Blue. I'm Sarah Sanchez. I write about every Cubs signing. Yes, even the May ones like Eric Cosmer and more. And as always, I am joined by the one and only Danny Rocket. How's it going, Danny? It's going. Happy New Year to you and everybody else out there in a Cup of Cubby Blue land. Um, we made it. Another year, we're in the, it's, it's the year of the Sandberg, 23. <laughs> the year of the Sandberg, so, the year of the Jordan, apparently the year of the Andrew Benintendi. Did you see that he picked number 23 down on the South side? Oh, okay. Well, you know, I, I wonder if he understands the significance of that number in this city, but you know, um, I, like I don't know if he'll... he does. I like to think that was on purpose to ingratiate himself to a new fan base. Yeah. Yeah. You would, you would think it, uh, you would think he would know, but it's surprising like what some of these young guys don't understand about the history of the sport that they play. Or, I mean, they might know other sports more than baseball, than uh, baseball history. It's, you know, I remember John Baker used to tell me, he's like, these guys don't know anything about this sport. Like they know individual players. They're like, I love Ken Griffey Jr., but they don't even know who he played for. Or like, you know, that kind of thing. Like, yeah. or um, it's tough. It's tough when you're at, at travel ball games all the time playing six games a day in a tournament, you know, uh, going yeah. to academies and living and drinking, sleeping, eating baseball. Let's like get into this. Since the last time we yeah. talked before the holidays, the Cubs have made the following moves. They signed Drew Smiley to a two-year, $19.5 million deal. They signed Tucker Barnhart to a, I don't even remember what this deal is, Danny. Go look up the terms. It's I've never okay. been less, I've never been less compelled by any deal in my life than this Tucker Barnhart thing. And Eric Hosmer, who they will pay the league minimum while he still gets paid a bunch of money by the Padres, plus a two-year extension for Brad Wick, who y'all may remember was like the six foot seven dude that the Cubs got in the Carl Edwards Jr. trade with the Padres. Honestly, Danny, I might be most excited about Brad Wick. <laughs> well, I'm just glad he's healthy um, because he had had that heart thing. You know, which was yeah, uh, obviously was really, scary. really scary. Yeah. So, um, yeah. And so I'm I'm excited for him that he, he's alive and, you know, not, you know, having that heart murmur or whatever that was. I forget what it was in large heart. I forget. But, um, yeah. So, it, you know, he was a, I was kind of excited about him. He had the Wick brothers at the back end. It was There was Wick, Brad Wick, W-I-E-C-K. Then there was Rowan Wick. Wasn't there another one? I thought there was, and I can't remember was, what it, it was. Like Wick Wick. Exactly. There was Wick on Wick. Yeah, exactly. Like you had a whole bullpen of Wicks, but um, no, and he, he had a great arm. You know, huge guy, threw hard. You know, out of the maybe you could see him like becoming a, a eighth inning guy. Like he, I think for a while they were using him that that way because everybody else was gone or traded. Um, but yeah, that's that's good to see. You know, I. I'll, um, you know, I know I'm not usually the positive one, um, in my Cubs fandom and I'm always looking for the, the other shoe to drop, but I'll, I'll say this. And I know you hate the Tucker Barnhart deal. And I did, I not, maybe not the deal of it because it's, um, I just had it here. Oh yeah. Okay. It's a two year, uh, 6.5 million guaranteed with a player option for a 24. So, okay. uh, <laughs> And he's gonna he's you know, he's Gomes backup or is it, I bet you it's it's a straight up um, platoon because uh, Barnhart's platoon? a lefty. 
okay, hold on. Like, when we talk about platoons, the way people talk about platoons, it's usually like, this guy hits really well against lefties, and this guy hits really well against righties. And and, and at this moment, we're talking about a platoon for one guy who has like a 67 WRC plus against <laughs> them, and another guy who's got a 66. Like, the, honest to God, in 2022, these are the hand in splits for Tucker Barnhart. I have not looked at Jan Gomes recently, but I know he was bad last year. As a versus right-handed pitchers as a lefty, he had a WRC plus of 62 versus lefties. And he had a WRC plus of 66. And I'm like, okay, <laughs> like yeah. you are, you are for approximately 40% worse than league average at driving in runs, no matter what. Congratulations. Well, and we got, and oh, I no, I get it. I mean, it, it's not good. I mean, the, he hit one home run. Like, you know, this is not going to excite anybody at all. But I talked to um, my friend Billy DeVore, very funny comedian in Cincinnati, and he does a, a Reds podcast called New Nasty Boys. And I think you've met Billy before, yeah. maybe on the Sunrancer show. And so I, I had him on and I said, hey, so, you know, Tucker Barnhart more than any of us here on this show here. Tell me about it. Loves him some Tucker Barnhart. And, you know, he understands the bat's not there. But the reason he is there is because he is a veteran presence who is a great defender. His when they first started coming out, like when they he was like a, a below average framer before they came out with more framing statistics. And then he changed um, what he was doing and he learned the league and he learned his pitchers and he and he became one of the best in the league. So I think the reason and this is, you know, I'm stating the obvious. The reason is here is to work with some of these young Cubs pitchers. Gomes is the same thing. So if you think about it, it's like we have kind of like two David Rosses on the squad. Now, the beauty of <laughs> but now at the time that David Ross was there, we also had Kyle Schwarber catching. Miguel Montero. <laughs> Miguel, Miguel Montero. Montero. Yeah. Yeah. People. So now you just got like a David Ross platoon um, working with the young pitchers. But back then we had old pitchers, John Lackey, John Lester, you know, even well, Hendricks wasn't old at the time. Obviously, it was just kind He's of emerging. I think Hendricks has been old since he was like 16, <laughs> He's he was an like old 16 going on 40. Yeah, exactly. He really was. Yeah, I always think of Hendricks as old because even when he was twenty three, he he looked like you know he he had already he was shopping for life insurance policies. On, you know, yeah, he doesn't look old, but he's very responsible. You can tell he's very responsible. Yeah, he comes in talking to the locker room, talking about the annuity he just bought and stuff yeah, like exa- that. You're exactly, like, you're boring. Exactly, like you don't get the nickname <laughs> professor if you're not already a little bit old. I mean. To get back to these splits for a second, Jan Gomes's WRC plus versus lefties last year was 84 and versus righties was 68. Both of these guys are, as far as I can tell, 60 to 70% worse at hitting than Wilson Contreras. So yeah. like whatever you gained by adding Dansby Swanson to the mix, I really feel like that's just a straight swap for Wilson Contreras. <laughs> and yeah. like everything else is worse offense. Now, I agree with you that they're there for the defense. Bellinger's a defensive upgrade. Nico moving to second is a defensive upgrade. We're going to talk about whether Hosmer's a defensive upgrade or not. I'm, I'm not entirely sure he is. I I just, the more I looked at this, and, and I feel really bad because I'm behind on some of these articles. I just got the Smiley one done. The Barnhart one is in process. The Hosmer one is in process. And I am not going to lie, Danny, I've had a hard time writing these pieces because nothing is less exciting 
they're writing a piece that's like the Cubs added Eric Hosmer. It's like I I can't even get up out. I can't even get up for this. I'm like this is not exciting. There's there's no stat reason thing factoid about Eric Hosmer that I can get Cubs fans jazzed about. It's just a trio of signings that are not exciting to me. Yeah, no, I won't. They're not exciting. You know, they're all. Uh, they're all depth pieces, if if you will. You know, this whole team's full of number three starters, um, scrap heap bullpen guys, and uh, depth pieces. All, you know, even even the st- the quote unquote stars of the team that are making the most money and uh, you know have the highest pedigree, they would not be stars on some of like the super top heavy teams of the major leagues. They would like say a Suzuki like may very well be our best hitter next year like just by oh, default 100 yeah. yes maybe and, nico and, maybe sam maybe half if half continues to be the really in half but yeah no yeah could i mean yeah i mean things could go but like you know on paper you're like okay say could emerge as the best hitter on the cubs next year on a lot of other teams like you know put him on the mets he's not even close to the best hitter on their team you know put him on some of the other more powerhouse um, uh, t- squads and and he's not going to move the needle. There, you know, who's the Hall of Famer on the Cubs? There isn't one. You know, we don't. Now, maybe there is, but we just don't know. It certainly isn't among the position players. Um, but then again, I mean, I I don't want to dog the whole squad because I I kind of see what they're doing. It's what's funny about the Hosmer thing is, you know, it's years ago the rumor was about uh, the bad contract swap. Okay, we're going to send Jason Hayward to the Padres, we're going to get Hosmer and everybody's just going to eat money. And it's going to be, we're not eat money. It'll be a, it'll be like an even exchange in a way, you know, like we're going to take this bad contract. You're going to take that bad one and we'll, we'll call it a life. And so they kind of just did that, you know, in a way, except for they did it in a way that wasn't, you know, a straight up swap. It was league minimum situation back to something you were talking about a second ago because I do think that there is a method to the madness here but I, I it's not one that I can fully get behind you mentioned veteran presence in the clubhouse uh, Patrick Mooney I think has a piece out in the athletic today talking about how the Dansby deal and the Hosmer deal and I guess to a lesser extent the Bellinger deal are all about adding leadership and presence to the clubhouse that was somehow lacking it I I don't think that it was lacking that much of it. I, I think that Wilson Contreras was quite the leader and I I will die on that hill. But like, I understand the motivation for that. I also just like, I don't know, man, when you look at that Atlanta Braves team that won the World Series, did you think Dansby Swanson was the dude who led it? Like when you looked at that Padres team that frankly underperformed for a long time, was Eric Hosmer the key cog in making sure that they no longer underperformed? Like, you look at the Dodgers team that has been so competitive for so long. Was it really Cody Bellinger leading the way? I don't think any of these guys is like the leader of their old team. I don't know why they can come in and be this leadership core for a new Cubs team. Yeah, no, that makes sense to me. I mean, like even Dansby Swanson, you know, I know he was one of the top names out there, but he was a real step down, at least offensively. I mean, I think the defense is there, but offensively it was a real step down from those other short stops. And hey, we can still get Correa. He's still, he's still. <laughs> We're going to talk about Correa. Yeah. Keep going, keep going. But, uh, you know, he, at this point, if the Cubs did get him, he'd play third or something. But um, yeah, no, it's, it's a real step down. Like, you know, his OPS plus of the year they won the World Series, just to answer your question, was 99. Right. At a 760 OPS. 
did hit 27 home runs, uh, but he only batted 248. So, you know, yeah, no, he he's Freddie Freeman. You got to look at that squad. Look at your Freddie Freemans of the world. Your, you know, Austin Riley that year, um, you know, had an awesome year. Ronald Acuna Jr. Like there were much better players. Like I don't know who was the leader in the clubhouse, but as far as with the bat, you know, Dansby Swanson was right around them. It was pretty middling as far as it went um, with that squad. And, you know, that's what, that's who Dansby Swanson would have to be on the next great Cubs team too. You know, and like, it's, these are all role-playing guys who are, are good players, but, and you'd be excited if you got Dansby Swanson, but you also signed um, uh, Kodai Senga to like, to kind of give you an extra vet. He's not a veteran, but he's been around a long time. He just was in Japan. But, you know, if you had gotten like some other bet, like Abreu, like Abreu's the first baseman instead of uh, instead of Hosmer, maybe with wisdom platoon or, you know, it's like some extra kind of you didn't like you said, like you moved it around, you got rid of Wilson, you lost that bat, you replaced it with like two guys that can kind of replace that, but then you lost it on the offense on catcher, but you gained it on defense. So you're just kind of like playing a little shell game with the team and, and you end up kind of back where you were. So people are like, here we are. Yeah, we're going to, we're going all the way. And I'm like, actually do the numbers, read the math, read the tea leaves here. And you pretty much, maybe you get 78 wins instead of 74. Like, you know, that's exactly right. I mean, I think that this team is like still a 74 ish win team. Like maybe they get to 78, maybe they drop to 69. Like, I don't know, but they're functionally in that exact same wheelhouse. I mean, let's, let's talk about, I see people posting their hypothetical Cubs lineups everywhere. and, And the thing that jumps out at me looking at these lineups and admittedly, like Wilson wasn't a guy that was like helping this particular statistic all that much, although he did drop his K rate from up 27% in 2021 down to 21% in 2022. Like that's a really big move for Wilson Contreras. And I thought it was great and it's going to help the Cardinals a lot. There are a lot of strikeouts still in the middle of this lineup, right? Like let's say you put Nico at the top. Nico doesn't strike out all that much. And then you run it just straight down. This was a lineup I saw earlier today posted on Twitter. So you have like Dansby Swanson, and then you've got Seiya Suzuki, Ian Happ, Cody Bellinger, Eric Hosmer. Eric Hosmer is the only guy I just named who does not have a strikeout rate over 20%. Most of those guys have a strikeout rate well above 20% and like closer to 25, 26, 27%. Patrick Wisdom still strikes out like 33% of the time. That is a vast improvement from the time when he struck out like 40% of the time. <laughs> yeah, but like, higher, that's yeah. high. Christopher Morrell, who's the other guy who can play third, also strikes out like 33% of the time. It's not like Jan Gomes and Tucker Barnhart are getting on base all the time. They literally like can't hit. So I just look at this lineup and I'm like, you have from your two hitter to like your seven hitter, a bunch of guys who strike out. 25 to 33% of the time. Yeah. And, and I, I mean, and getting back to the catching situation and getting the veteran catchers and you, you have to, I mean, why are they here? The young pitchers, 
that's 100%. So if you can get those guys to really perform and let's say like you come out of the gate and like, you know, Hayden Wisniewski just like doesn't give up a run for two months and that kind of thing. Well, then you start winning games uh, zero to negative one. And then that's got, I and mean, that's what it's going to have to be. You got that great defense up the middle. Now you got uh, a good defender in Bellinger in center field. You know, you've got say Suzuki who is, um, you know, still maybe even learning the, the league and stuff, but you know, he's a plus defender. He's no Jason Hayward, who was absolutely amazing. The thing that bothers me offensively is not, aren't we only going to score runs, but we're not going to score a lot of runs, you know, with a squad like this. But um, if you look at Eric Cosmer's ground ball rate and, and it's higher than Jason Hayward's and I'm like, God, I really hope he finally chooses number 43. Like we always wanted Jason Hayward to have like, <laughs> cause that's was his, what you like had to scratch out in your, in your scorecard every day. So, you know, and so that's, and people are like, Oh, but with the shift there, he's going to hit a million. And I'm like, that's not how any of this works. Like, it's not like all of a sudden, like lefties bat 400. Like that's not how it was before. That's not how it's going to be after. And, and I think that's why the Cubs wanted to move uh, 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 Nico over is to get oh, yeah. that range. So, um, you know, I, I just, I, I so will yeah, say one thing. Game. In defense. Oh, sorry. Continue. No, I'm just saying it's offensively. It's a shell game for me. Defensively. I think you've improved greatly. And you know, now if they can approve the two plans on top of it, we might have something here. I, I want to say two things in defense of Eric Cosmer here that I think um, I, this is going to be in the piece that I'm working on that should hopefully be out on Monday. I wanted to get it out today. And honestly, it's just been the holidays were really, really a lot at my at my family's house. And we had, you know, we lost my grandmother and it was just it's been it's been very condolences. I have I have not been on top of my writing game, people. I'm a little behind, but I'll get it back. Thank you, Danny. I appreciate that. Condolences to you too. I know that your cousin um is in the hospital. We are just having a rough time over here at Cubby yeah, Blue. Everything sucks. Yeah. Eric Hosmer <laughs> did not make things better. It's Eric all Eric didn't fix it. Um, but the thing <laughs> I want to give Eric Hosmer credit for because he does have that crazy high ground ball rate. He has a really good hard hit rate. He's one of these guys that hits the ball hard on the ground as opposed to Jason Hayward who didn't have a hard hit rate like that. And so it is possible that there's some more hits there for Eric Cosmer. His max exit velocity was in the 88th percentile in 2022, according to StatCast. Uh, he doesn't whiff very much at all. He's in the 85th percentile on his whiff percentage, 86th percentile on his K percentage. So he is going to make contact and he does hit the ball a lot harder than Jason Hayward did. Plus, if you look at his hits chart, there's a handful of doubles there or a handful of flyouts that would have been home runs at Wrigley Field. I mean, just the difference of which park you play in. And now, admittedly, the air is different in San Diego than the air is in Wrigley at Wrigley Field. He played more games in Colorado before. You can't just like take a hit chart and plop it on and think that all of those become home runs. It is possible that Eric Cosmer could have a slight resurgence in a Cubs uniform. And also, I'm not counting on it. Like he's he's probably a better hitter than Jason Hayward, and probably, and he's definitely not Anthony Rizzo. <laughs> yeah, and also Matt Mervis. You know, that's the the kind of question mark of the moment. Really emerged last year with all those home runs, like an ungodly amount of home runs. Really came out of nowhere for everybody. Maybe even Matt Mervis himself. You know, he was like, I didn't know I could do that. You know, well, you but, know what? Um, 
I want to spend a bunch of time on Matt Mervis because I have gotten a lot of questions from fantasy players about Matt Mervis, but we're coming up on a commercial break. Let's take a quick word for our sponsors. On the flip side, we're going to talk about what Eric Hosmer's signing means for playing time for Matt Mervis, also for Christopher Morrell and for Patrick Wisdom, um, who are the three guys that I think stand to lose the most at bats because of Eric Hosmer being a Cub now. But first, let's take a quick break. All right, Danny, you mentioned Matt Mervis. I saw Matt Mervis uh, win the MVP at the Arizona Fall League Fall Stars game. He is the real deal. Looks incredible to me. And the two things that jumped out at me, you mentioned one of them before the break, just the no- the sheer number of home runs that Matt Mervis hit was incredible and impressive, and I love it. But he did it while just dramatically slashing his K rate at every single level. And so if you go look at Matt Mervis's stats, and I don't have them up in front of me right now, but his K rate at high A – was higher than his K rate at double A was higher than his K rate at triple A. And by the time he got to the AFL where he was facing worse pitching than triple A, his K rate was like 6.7%. Now he is not going to strike out 6.7% of the time, but I think it's reasonable to presume that he might strike out 15, 16% of the time. And that for a power hitter, that is Anthony Rizzo. And I am interested in it. I want to hear about it because of that. I think if Matt Mervis continues to rake, that job is his out of spring training and the guys will see less of, are Christopher Morrell and Patrick Wisdom who are going to have to share time at third base because the DH position will be gone. Yeah, and that's not a platoon because they're both righties. And Morrell can play more positions, so that's that's a good thing. I mean, it, you're really hoping that Mervis can uh, emerge because here's a guy that you know kind of came out of nowhere. He's a 39th round pick from the from the Nationals back in 2016, and then. And then he didn't have a team and, you know, he was in college. He he got drafted out of high school in the 39th round, went and played in college and then didn't get drafted in the 2020 draft, which was, if y'all remember, it was the short five round draft where they, so a bunch of players didn't get picked. My favorite thing that I learned about Matt Mervis at the Arizona Fall League um, and shout out to Eno Saris for this one, because Eno spent some time talking to Mervis. And Mervis basically picked the Cubs more than the Cubs picked Mervis. He went out and looked at all of the teams and their depth charts and positions at first base and contract situations. He was like, who is going to need a first baseman in the next few years? Theoretically, Chicago. <laughs> he like yeah. sought out the Cubs for that reason. And I love that about her about him. Yeah, absolutely. Um, also, did you know that he's listed as a, a first baseman? relief pitcher and third baseman i did not but that's incredible <laughs> i was like wait <laughs> yeah he pitched at duke so uh yeah 23 innings pitched i mean has 783 era in 2017 so not a very um, good relief pitcher but you know not, not, he'll, he'll fit right in <laughs> um, when david ross needs to needs to go to a position player late well yeah i mean he, he could two-way i guy. mean and, a two-way guy <laughs> yeah exactly um no, but he, he actually had a pretty decent um, – I mean, he got better as the, his college career went down. And he had a – in, uh, let's see, 491, got that down to 324 by 2019. So, yeah, I mean, he was learning a thing or two at pitching. But that's pretty amazing that he also had that skill, like, not even that long ago. Just, well, I guess it is now, like, three years that he was pitching at Duke sometimes but like the dude really mashed it like 36 home runs last year overall and he rocketed rocketed th- from high a up to double a up to triple a at three different teams last year just like i mean and he just kept succeeding and um 
so we're all pulling for this, obviously. Like, this would be so cool if you had this homegrown guy. I don't care that he's cheap or not. He will be cheap. But, um, you know, but that means that you can, that they can justify in their brains spending money elsewhere, whether it be on pitching, because you've got this guy, a homegrown dude. So that would be so exciting. A lefty bat. Like, now, now you're taking, now, now you're looking at Hosmer in the DH role. You know, now you're looking at, at, at that situation. I think the man out, given what you just said, is probably Patrick Wisdom. Um, unless, you know, maybe it's corner outfield, but where does he fit? I don't know. I mean, I know that you're going to give guys a bunch of rest and so people will get their at bats and whatnot. But the, the problem for me is that, and I love Patrick Wisdom. I think Patrick Wisdom is a good defender at third base. The power is real. Like the, the home runs are epic, mammoth, and consistent. And it has existed at every single level for Patrick Wisdom. But, but the problem for me is that you've got a 24-year-old in Christopher Morrell who, if he can figure out how to hit breaking and off-speed stuff, the Cubs have a real potential star there, right? Like they have a kid who he's not going to be like the next Javi Baez. He's probably not going to the all-star game, but he could be, he's probably a guy who has 20 home runs in his bat and he can steal at least 10 or 15 bags each year. Right. Those are the same numbers that they're expecting out of say a Suzuki next year. Uh, so I just feel like there's more upside for Christopher Morrell. And I don't want to see Christopher Morrell lose playing time because 33 year old Eric Hosmer's on the team now. And well, he's got to play. And I just am so David Ross does this all the time. He takes like his veteran gritty guys. How many games was Jason Hayward in last year that Jason Hayward should not have been in? Yeah. Yeah. And then, and then he wasn't and all of a sudden, and I don't, and that, and I think that was less about David Ross making that decision. than the front office being like, Jason, you're off the team because David keeps playing you. And we told them not to, and I don't think that happened, but, but you know, if if you're gonna be in the 26 man, man roster and have you have to play everybody, you do because people get rusty. You can't just let a guy be on the bench. Like maybe like a Tommy Listella who is just like, uh, you just go like almost uh, until they well, then he then they let him start and he hit a bunch of home runs in that that one time. But um, somebody like him could come off the bench and just hit. That's a hard job, and I don't. I don't, I could see maybe Morell being that guy. I mean, I don't know who that is. It's supposed to be like maybe Nick Madrigal or I don't, I, I don't know. We have 83 second basemen that all stink. So I'm not sure what they're going to do there, but you got to think that, you know, Morell is going to be, I want Morell to succeed. It, it's just one of those things that we don't know what we have yet. He came on, he did really well right away. The league figured him out a little bit. He regressed considerably and then he, kind of showed signs of figuring that out and like we just don't know we don't know yet i mean he could be junior lake and we don't see him after next year like it it could be totally and, um, totally or he could be you know ben zobrist ben zobrist i like the ben zobrist cop i think he strikes out a little bit more than ben zobrist i, I think of him as yeah. like javi s because he doesn't have as loud of tools as javier baez but he has all of the same tools right he's got javi like, light yeah he's like I'm going to hit the ball really hard. I'm going to run really fast. I mean, Christopher Morrell, one of the things that I noticed when I was doing a piece on Dansby Swanson, actually, because one of the things that um, jumps out about Swanson is that he doesn't have ridiculous arm strength. Christopher Morrell does. Christopher Morrell is in like the 98th percentile for the league in terms of how hard he throws the ball. I mean, he's truly a five-tool player. And so when you got a guy like that, you cannot have him losing playing time 
to Eric Hosmer and Zach McKinstry and Miles Mastrobroni or whatever the guy's (laughs) name is. Like, I haven't even seen this guy yet. I already hate that he's on the team. I'm like, how many quad A infield dudes does this team need? Yeah, we've really cornered the market the last few years. Like, um, ever since we got Daniel Descalso, we're like, just like, let's get them all. Gotta catch Call them all. all. <laughs> <laughs> Jed exactly. Hoyer certainly has a type. Number three starters and quad A infield utility type dudes. It, um, it was pointed out how handsome our infield is last night on the Sunranto show. <laughs> like that. Oh was... God! I okay. Go go, and that I'm gonna let you finish. No, that's this, it. Just gonna... that you know we, we got an e- our team is easy on the eyes. That's my only point. We got a good looking squad. They're very pretty. Hosmer's very pretty. hot. Hosmer's kind of hot. Like I. Dansby and Nico are too pretty for me. Patrick was yeah. all right. Patrick was. I don't. Everybody was going and on over Hosmer last night, and I don't really see it myself. Oh, like it's tall, dark, handsome, facial hair. It's good. He's, he's not a good. Kinda, he hits too know. many ground balls, but he's hot. I'm gonna enjoy watching yeah, him hit the ground balls. <laughs> yeah, I mean, so I mean, yeah, it's. And I just I know that they cast it that way sometimes. Like you know, I it's Chicago. You know you. You gotta. You're trying to get the. And even my friend Bernie Barron, who I, I I don't know if you met Bernie, but um, yeah, she said. Oh, I've met Bernie. uh, Yeah, yeah, the Cubs caroling uh that we did in December. She was uh, who was she really excited about? Who had we just gotten? Oh, it was Dansby Swanson, and she's like, I don't even care that he was the fourth. He was the best looking of all of them, and I was like. Well, all right. That's what we're going to get, though, in Chicago. It's just like <laughs> Bertie's like, well, he's good enough, but he's really hot. So it makes him better. <laughs> you know, I'm like, no, he's still he's still uh, got a bat 260 or 250 and make us uh, angry. But um, that's so funny. Yeah, he anyway, hot. That's, he, he, he's it, easy on the eyes. All of yeah, them are ex- easy on the eyes. Well, and I Matt Mervis, I think, is a sleeper, sexy guy. He looks like Joey Votto. Oh, I can I can get into that. Joey Votto's hot. I yeah. I mean, I'm also on the record as like in the 2016 core, the dudes that I was like, yes, they're attractive were Kyle Schwarber, Wilson Contreras, Javier Baez. I mean, I I like the like I like the like facial hair, gruff look. I I grew up in a coal mining town, Danny. I am a coal miner's daughter. Like guys, (laughs) guys should look like guys, not pretty. Yeah, it, Chris yeah, Bryant was want, always too pretty for me. Well, they, he didn't want to break a nail out there on, on the <laughs> field. So, <laughs> yeah, no, and and uh, he, he ended up breaking a toenail, unfortunately. But um, yeah, it's put him it, on, put him on the IL for six weeks. Yeah, yeah. So it's that was a joke, people. I don't need yeah, your angry I know. tweets. <laughs> yeah, you're getting angry tweets now. Um, but I mean, it's you've just got a lot of. I mean, nobody. They're not bad. This is not. They're not exciting either. This team is very mid, and like I got a lot of pushback on this when I said it on Twitter. They're like, "No, the kids these days say that is bad." I'm like, actually, they say it as like you know, kind of like poor to average, and it's like, what is this team? Poor to average, Dan. Poor to average. What are you excited about here? I'm. I don't know, man. Well, go through the schedule. Go, go, (laughs) go through the schedule. Go look at other teams and what they have. And then go look at the schedule and like in your mind's eye, write down where you think we win or lose that series or whatever, you know, just go look at it. And then you tell me what you think the record is at the all-star game, all-star break, because I will, I will say this much. If you look at the schedule, we have a very front loaded schedule, like may 
I don't know if we win a single game. Like we, <laughs> we I don't, I don't, not, you know, I don't. Because we now we will win out in August and September, and then at Cubs Con they'll be like, "We had the best record after the See, trade that deadline last year." It's the exact, exact same thing that happened last year. Exactly, but we will already be you know twenty games under, and then they'll be you know maybe get us back to five hundred with like some crazy eleven game win streak or something. You know, well, like, and at and that point, Cody Bellinger's probably been traded gone, for whatever yeah. they could get for Cody Bellinger, and who knows if Eric Hosmer started off hot, then Eric Hosmer's probably been traded too, right? Like, how many guys will even be there after the first half if the Cubs are 20 games out at the end of the first half. I And if they are 500, uh, conversely, if somehow this team is 500 at the trade deadline, th- if they added, they could actually seriously contend because the second part of, and depending on where they are in the standings of the Cardinals run away with it or Brewers or something, depending on where they are in the standings, they could seriously like, slam the division. I haven't looked at everybody else's schedules, but I do know that the Cubs are like the second half of their year. They're, you know, that all your nationals and all that. Stuff, it's all in the second half. You're like, you've got all your games against the Dodgers in April, all of nice. them. So you got all your games in against Arizona in September. So I don't know. You know Arizona uh, might be sneaky good. Man. They might. Yeah. There's a couple teams that you can't sleep on. Like nobody expected the Orioles last year. And yet there they were. The, the, um. the Diamondbacks actually remind me a lot of the Orioles from last year. They've got a bunch of young talent that came up at the end of last year. Corbin Carroll. Um, oh, a guy whose name I'm blanking on right now. Like Stone or I, I don't know. Anyway. And, new you guys. Know, yeah. new, they've got new guys and they they're I, I just I think that the Diamondbacks could be one of those teams that we. Uh, might be underestimating right now. They're not going to compete in the NL West because the NL West is loaded with like the Padres and the Dodgers trying to duke it out. I What the Padres have done this offseason is incredible, man. I am a West Coast Dads fan uh, late at night for this year because I just want to see Juan Soto go off and I want to see... I want, the, I want good things to happen for the Padres, man. They, they went to the mattresses to get Xander Bogarts. Speaking of, the Red Sox did manage to finally extend one of their young guys. It could be worse people. We could be the Red Sox. Uh, the Red Sox managed to lose Mookie Betts and Xander Bogarts. And the best player they got in return for all of that was Alex Verdugo, which is crisis level. If you are a team like the Boston <laughs> Red Sox and they came very close to not getting a deal done with Raphael Devers, but they finally did. Raphael Devers signed an 11 year, $331 million contract extension I have two questions for you, Danny. One, that takes a really good third baseman that the Cubs sh- certainly would have targeted in free agency next year off the market. Is there any hope that the Cubs will ever sign a player like that? Like their biggest deal in the history of the franchise is Jason Hayward. Yeah. Well, and look how that worked out. So I think they're probably gun shy from that. And, you know, it's not my money. The only thing that bothers me about it is that the fact that we all very well know that if let's say the first five years of this deal are great. And then the last five years or whatever it would be are terrible. They're going to use that as, as an excuse of why they can't do anything, which we've saw this whole time ever since pretty much like 2018. So now we're there, we're at that five year mark now. And, and they have been using that, you know, then you end up with your Daniel Descalso's and these like garbage heap signings, like, you know, making, you know, spinach uh, gold from straw. And um, 
And so I just don't like the excuses. Now, if you're going to sign a guy to an 11 year deal and just know that like this back end's going to stink and like, that's okay because we're just going to blow through the luxury tax and we don't care because we're getting all this gambling money coming in or whatever it's going to be, whatever, you know, what Bitcoin's going to go up or I don't know where, where they are with their finances, you know, or what they think is going to happen. But, um, you know, I said it last night on the Sunranto show. I'm like, we're looking at a, a at, so like it's almost like all these billionaire owners expect hyperinflation to happen in our world. <laughs> you know that like cuz people they say this, even fans say this. Well, you know, in 5 years like 36 million will be nothing. And I'm like, it will? <laughs> like I'm just like, nothing. wait. Wait. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Oh yeah. And, oh, and, and that and that tulip bulb is going to be worth uh, you know, you know, $20 million in as much as a house, you know, it's like, it just happens over and over again where people like say these crazy things, like $30 million will be considered nothing in the future. And I'm like, I really don't, I really hope that's not true because that means there's something going on in our world that is so terrible, you know, like that. Now a loaf of bread is $50. Like, I I don't know. If $36 million is nothing, Danny, you and I have very real economic problems. (laughs) Oh yeah. No, that's what I'm saying. And you know, I went down to Winterland and they get like $10 for a hot chocolate, 15 bucks. If you want to put a boot, 15 to 20 bucks. If you want to put some booze in that hot chocolate plus tax, uh, you know, you, we did the math last night on the show. When I put up the, the numbers, it was you family of four, Everybody gets some s'mores and a drink. You're looking at $85, you know, like for, you know, $85. That's That's like, what? And that's before, I mean, that's before you talk about all the tickets you need to do the tilt-a-whirl and the ice rink. This is just the snack. God forbid that you need to rent skates, people. (laughs) Oh yeah. No, that's, that's 15 bucks. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. All in all, you're, you're, you're going down to Winterland and your little sojourn out there now just to like do some dumb stuff like ride a tilt the world and do a, a slow train around the infield that you're dropping 200 bones. Yeah, no, it's, your- it's a it's a very expensive experience to have an amusement park a uh, day at Wrigley Field. And like I got to go um, on this, one of the season ticket holder days when they were not doing the tickets and stuff. And look, it was fun. Like it was lovely. I wrote about it, but it's a pricey, pricey experience. This yeah. Is- and so uh, there's only one day left of it. So um, and so get, get down there, check it out. It is pretty. It's cool. And I did enjoy it. I didn't spend any money. I didn't get a s'mores or a drink because I'm like, I'm not paying $20 for a beer. Uh, I'm just not. I'm just not doing that. Like it's more, it was more expensive than game day prices. It was more like what you see at like concerts and things like that when they really gouge you. Um, so yeah, I, but that's what I'm saying. It's like, so we're talking about these long-term deals. Um, where are they going to get all this money from? Well, us, I guess. Well, that's unsustainable because people won't pay it. Yeah. I mean, Danny, we're not even paying ticket prices right now. Like you and I are on these like $6 StubHub deals or like, hey, we've got some friends who can't use their tickets. They'll give them to us for free right now because the team just hasn't been very good for a couple of years. And it's that ballpark has not sold out for a single game since what? The first half of 2021? No, because those were like those were partial crowds because of COVID. Like when was the last time the Cubs sold out Wrigley Field? Uh, I don't think they had a sellout last year um 
So I'd have to look that up. I mean, it might have been 2019. They they came close a couple times last year. Like, I think they had a couple 40,000s, but I don't know if they had any full sell, full, full sellouts. I mean, the largest um, crowds I saw at Wrigley last year were certainly the Red Sox series, but that is supposed to be an automatic sellout for the Cubs, right? The Boston Red Sox come in, two-storied franchises, Wrigley Field, yada, yada. And I don't think any of those games sold out. Yeah, I'm looking at it here. The number one was June 18th against Atlanta, 40,755. And then uh, the second place was just uh, 400 less than that. And it was uh, the next day. <laughs> so must have been good weather or something like that. But yeah, and then then Boston was below that actually. And so th- that's, that's just about a sellout right there. It's close, but it's not um, a sellout. So, but like that was I, it. it wasn't that was it. I mean, and a lot of games. times, you know, you're looking at a situation where the number you see is not the number that was, so it may might've announced 35,000, but in reality it was, um, you know, <laughs> sometimes last year it was like 12,000, 13,000, depending on the weather. So, well, you know, one thing that might help this team get back to the days of sellouts would be signing a marquee free agent, although that is not going particularly well for some of the teams who did it. The Carlos Correa saga is not done yet. Uh, the man had a deal with the Giants. The Giants had some questions about the physical, um, then had a deal with the Mets. The Mets still have questions about the physical. It's been, what, three weeks now? Like, I am seeing that the the Mets are frustrated with the situation, and a new team is back in the mix. Danny, what do you see in this Correa situation? And I'm really glad the Cubs kind of avoided it. I'm not going to lie. Yeah, I mean, no doubt. I mean, what there must be something going on. I The, the rumor is it's his ankle or foot or something like that's going on, and that they maybe foresee uh, – in the future, there's a surgery or, or a, a sidelining of some kind, or, or maybe even a situation like the a plantar fasciitis, or you know, I, I don't know um, ex- exactly what they're seeing that they don't like. But well, uh, I've the reports that I've read, it's from the injury that he had when he was 19 years old, when they had to put a plate in, and they had he had uh, broken his uh, fibia, I believe, which is one of the lower leg bones close right. to the ankle, and they had to like put a plate in or something. And so it's it's concerns off of that. What's wild about it, though, is that he that's an injury he's had his whole playing career. It didn't stop the Twins from signing him last year. So you almost have to wonder if something structurally is different on the X-ray or the MRI from what the Twins saw when they signed him to that deal uh, in 2021. Yeah, and and it's interesting what it would be now because we've seen all these big money contracts going out. And for for uh, lots of years. And that's I think the years have been more of a surprise in some ways than even the money. Um, And so it's you look at that and you're just kind of like, well, what's that contract going to look like now? We got to go high AAV and now he's only going to get five years or something like that. And the AAV is going to go up. But like. You know, if people are unwilling to do these these deals, especially a team like the Mets, who are just throwing money around right now, um, then you got to wonder um, how bad it is. And could now, if the Cubs could sneak in and do something here, man, it would make this team got, a lot better. It would make this team yeah. a lot. Who would play short? Who would play short? Correa is a better shortstop than Dansby Swanson. 
I mean, is he? I mean, Dansby won the gold glove. I mean, it would it would be curious. I mean, I I don't know. I don't know who plays short. I, <laughs> I, I really did. So, so you're right that Dansby won the gold glove, but they were in different leagues. So I don't think that you can really look at that. But the other thing there is Kraya has a stronger arm and he's better from deep in the hole. So like my concern would be, I don't know, man. Like, yeah, Kraya can play third. Like it's fine. But also, well, this is, why are we even talking about this? Jen they're is not, not going to sign Correa. Carlos yeah. Correa. What are no, we even, not, what yeah. are we speculating on? This is not Cubs Christmas. Well, whoever, whoever does sign him though, is good. That, I think that deal is going to look a lot different than the, kind of eye popping headlines that we saw coming from the giants who said no to it and coming from uh, the Mets who, who now are balking and it's just, it's a weird situation too. Like, I don't think we've ever seen anything exactly Never. like this before. So, um, so, and I'm just wondering, you know, in that situation, like, is he even going to find a team like, or is it going to be one of those things where he's just going to hang out out there? Until and they're, I mean, you got the Boris situation and you got 30 teams and of those 30 teams, maybe five or six of them are actually seriously in on him. Like are now the twins could, uh, he, they already did it. So they, they could swoop in and he was there last year. So maybe that counts for something. And they're like, listen, we told you we got this deal. We'll give you the same opt outs. We'll see how, I mean, I don't know. I think it's obvious he's looking for the years right now. So I've got an I'm interesting re- one for you. What about the what? Red Sox? Well, yeah, they can. I mean, they just, I mean, they pretty much dismantled their team. So like, why not? But are they going to do 11 years after the Mets said no, after the Giants said no, like that, you know, now is it going to be 10 years this time? Cause it went from 12 to 11. Now it's 10, you know? Yeah. You, I don't you know. know. It's going to be really interesting. We'll certainly be keeping an eye on it. I, I'm not expecting a surprise Carlos Correa at CubsCon next week. However, I am expecting to see Danny there. And if we have any news on the Correa situation or anything else, we will be talking about it then. Danny, what, uh, if anything, do we have planned for CubsCon next week other than just reporting um, reporting out at BCB, maybe doing some TikToks and things uh, to tell, to let people see what it's like to be at CubsCon again? Yeah, may, I, well, they got a new event this year, the Harry Karaoke, which I don't know. That just sounds I don't know if that's the players doing it and we're like <laughs> watching play. Like, what exactly is this or is this just like fans can put in for it? Because that could really be a mess. Um, But if I if I get a chance to sing, I'll definitely sing and blow everybody out of the water. But um, the uh, I don't know. It's it's CubsCon this year is weird. I feel like they're desperate. I you know. I know a lot of people are very excited for it to come back. Um, the bingo is fun, you know, seeing everybody's fun, but you know, they wanted like 150 bucks. They canceled Sunday. So they, they charged basically double than what they charged a bunch of years back, um, which was, I believe it was $65 to go. I got it for Christmas one year. Maybe this was a decade ago, $65. And now it's, you know, 150 after the, the taxes. So it's double, double the money. But for the cut Sunday, so like you're not going to get there at 10 a.m. and watch the 1984 Cubs, you know, uh, talk about that team or something like that. Or they, they're not going to do uh, the down on the farm this year, um, although a bunch of the, the young Cubs will be there um, in the red carpet event that they're doing. Um, I don't know. It's just like 
they for the first time ever, they're just selling tickets for Friday night. First time ever. I saw um, that. So, and they just released that, which means in my brain, they didn't sell very many tickets. And that's they, exactly this what is I, gonna, that's how I took it too. I took it the exact same way. Because people are looking at that $150 and I'm like, well, God, I could fly to New York for this. <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> I could watch the you Mets. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Ex- exactly. I can watch it in nosebleed. No, but it's, uh, but you know, it's just like, that's what I'm kind of talking about. This gouging, you know, this $150 at some point it is economics and like, God bless the capitalists for pushing it as far as they possibly could, because now we'll find out, you know? Um, yeah, I, I'm not buying your $20 beer and I'm not spending $150 to go to Cubs. Now, luckily you and I, through BCB, get to go in and cover it. And so we get our tickets covered. But, you know, that's that's great. But I'm not going otherwise. Right. You know, I'm just, I'm just not going. It's way too much money to go stand in a line and, like, get, like, Pete Crow Armstrong's autograph. <laughs> like, I'm not doing that. Like, I could I could go to Obvious Shirts and get that on Monday, you know, for less. So, oh. um I am He'll, a little excited there. to, I'm excited to, to see the players. I, I'm more excited, honestly, for the Ricketts are going to do their family panel again. And I'm like, this is going to be wild, man. Like I do until they are up, <laughs> no, until they are up there. Like, did they, did they see which Ricketts were going to be there? No, I don't think so. The Ricketts family panel is coming. Yeah. Back. We don't know. Yeah. We don't know which Ricketts will be. And in we there. have no idea if there will be the question and answer, like the way these panels usually work. If you haven't been there before, they generally get like moderated by like a Len Casper type or a Book Shiambi type or a JD type. Uh, and then after that moderated period is over, fans get a chance to like come up and grab the mic and ask questions. And I just, I cannot imagine that either the front office or the Ricketts are going to be just taking random questions from the audience after the last couple of years, but I really hope they do. <laughs> Yeah, well, I mean, that's the only reason I'm showing up to it is to see what people's like. like I want to hear what prepared statement guy, and I certainly want to hear the. You know, Crawley is just not going out this weekend, just so he could like craft craft his questions perfectly um, for them. And he is actually a great question asker, um, an an inquisitor, if you will. He's well, a great inquisitor. Was it you? Nobody or expects else? a Crawley Inquisition. <laughs> I can't remember if it was you or someone else that pointed out that all of both of those panels are like first thing on Saturday. So oh, yeah. it's definitely designed. If you went out uh, with everybody to Lizzie McNeil's the night before and you're feeling a little rough on Saturday morning, you might miss those panels if you sleep in. Yeah, and and to be frank, like a lot of people don't care, and a lot of us, like you know, who watch this team every day and to talk about it for like. Uh, you know, on podcasts and stuff, you know, we, we're always like looking for some angle and thought and of what, what's going to be and reading some tea leaves and, you know, stick it to the owners and, you know, but you got to think that a lot of people that are Cubs fans, they just want to go and enjoy themselves and wear their Cubs gear in December and, uh, you know, get an autograph or two and, you know, buy a, you know, buy some memorabilia or a pin or, you know, that's what people really want. So I'm just going to try to remain positive about this. Um, you know, the team is slightly better than last year. It's, it's not, I'm not excited about the 2023 season yet. I'm excited about some of the young pitching 
developing and and seeing what they can do. I really like what Hayden Wesneski showed us in the end of the year. Like, can he become like a lefty Arietta for a couple of years? Like, maybe, I don't know. Like, I'm going to root for it because we don't know that it hasn't happened yet. So like, we might as well just root for it because we got these young dudes. But like, I'm also just going to be excited to see everybody and to play some bingo and like, the pressure's kind of off at this point. And so let's just go out there and have fun and see everybody and, you know, take pictures with Wayne Mesmer and, you know, Ronnie Woo Woo will be walking around and, you know, just, just excited to see everybody in January. It's been a I'm long excited time. to see everybody too. If you go to CubsCon and you happen to see me or Danny, please come by and say hi, Danny, for the people who are not maybe going to be at CubsCon and just have to interact with us on social media, where can they find you in the run up to CubsCon? Oh yeah, I will be over covering this Cubs convention at Sunranto on Twitter. And um also like I've been really into TikTok and I don't have um I'm not Sunranto on TikTok. I'm Danny Rocket with two T's. So I've been really having a lot of fun like creating content over there. It's uh I think I'm getting it and I think I'm kind of good at it. <laughs> like I apparently need you to I'm teach a- me your TikTok ways because I have a TikTok account that I have yet to post a video on because every time I take them, I'm like, I don't know if I'm doing this right. <laughs> Yeah, well, I mean, I mean, it's tough to know if you're doing it right if you're just not like you know a young scantily clad girl dancing because because that's I'm really mostly that. what that no is. There will be no scantily yeah. clad dancing of me. I tried it and I only got two likes, so like, I don't, <laughs> and they were all from like user with a lot of numbers, so like I don't know if that was good or not, but um, yeah, no, it's follow us. We're gonna have a lot of fun out there. We will definitely be over covering the situation and. Uh, I have my good camera with me and um, trying to get some scoops and talking to everybody, um, you know, and you, we don't ever really get a lot of new information at Cubs convention, but we always get some information. There's always like, you know, some sort of, I don't know, they'll tell you what the bobbleheads will be or like, I don't know, something goofy, but uh, yeah, follow us at Sunranto at Danny rocket, look it all up. And um yeah, and Sunranto show too. You should watch that. We have a lot of fun over there. It is a lot of fun. I have been on the Sunranto show a time or two. I'm hoping to do it again soon. You can follow me uh, at BCB underscore Sarah. There is no H on the Sarah. You can follow both of us and any content that we talk about here on the podcast at, at Cup of Cubby Blue. And Danny and I are looking forward to seeing each other in person next weekend and bringing you all the happenings live from CubsCon, where we will tell you more about the Chicago Cubs if they are mid, mid, if they are may, if they are good, if they are bad, you'll hear about it here first. Until next time.